Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl Lovely Tea. And today I have a special guest with me. It's one of my really good friends. I talk about him all the time. Whenever I'm talking about like, you know, oh, I was on the phone with my homeboy and we're having a really deep conversation. This is him. So I've been asking him to come on my podcast. I'm like, we talk about so much stuff. Like we need to record this and like, you know, bring our phone conversations to the masses. And he was hesitant at first, but... So he's here, my homeboy Tiny. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> so yeah, Thank today you, you no, know, definitely. So today he does have time cuz, okay? So we are here and we just want to hit on it's so much stuff that's going on in 2020, isn't it? Man, it's too much. It, it really is. It, it is. It's like every day, like I told you yesterday, we had talked no, the day before, and I was like, oh, don't worry, there'll be more news. It, it, every day there's something. Steve Rodonis is in effect. We <laughs> predicted that shit. Right. I was like, there's going to be more news. There's going to be more stuff going on. So I wanted to hit on the Kanye thing. I had talked about it yesterday. And, you know, I was in the middle of, like, you know, editing the last podcast when all that mess happened with him going on that Twitter tirade and him going off. You know, as a man, how do you feel about the situation with Kanye? Uh, I feel like Kanye is out of his mind. I don't know what's going on. One minute, it feels like a publicity stunt, like he's got something to sell, which he usually does, or... The next minute is like, is this a desperate cry for help? Maybe it's both. Mm-hmm. How can you one minute you're crying and you're saying all this outrageous stuff about her and coming, and then the next minute you're also bringing up how you got your gap ad, and then at the end of this little tirade, you said, "Oh, now I'm going back to working on music." By the way, uh, Don is out Friday. Now that's the part that I had missed. So he he had to come back after I posted my video, and because I remember when I was in the middle of shooting the um, thing about Kanye, the last tweet he had posted is he was going back to go work on music, and then you stated that he came back and said that his album is dropping this Friday. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Uh, like, like how, how crazy are you? Are you? Are you crazy like a fox, or is it just kind of it comes and goes, it's in and out? Right. It just, it's starting to be a bit much. And I think it's starting to be a bit much for everybody because we don't know how to take him. And it seems like every time he wilds out and he says crazy stuff, all of a sudden there's something else dropping. A new album, new clothing line, new pair of Yeezys. Maybe he has marketing Tourette syndrome. (laughs) You you learn all that rage things, but you also find a way to incorporate something that you're selling. It may, maybe that, you know what, we, you coined that shit first. Maybe that's what it is. He has marketing Tourette syndrome. He knows he has stuff dropping. Half the population don't really fool with him. So let me play on emotion. Let me break down crying. Maybe Kanye is the smartest person in the room. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. look how many emotions he takes us through. Like I said, even on Sunday when I did my live stream, at first we were pissed off, like, hold up, here you go again, disrespecting another black icon like Harriet Tubman, saying that she didn't free anybody, she just took a bunch of black folks to go work for some more white people. And mm-hmm. so everybody was mad about that. And then like 20 minutes later, another video goes viral of him crying, talking about his daddy tried to abort him and he was going to abort his daughter. So it's like he just takes us through a range of emotions where we do not even know how to handle Kanye. And then with these emotions show up as songs on his album. So last time when he dropped that Ye album when he was in Wyoming and shit at everybody out there, Kumbaya, mm-hmm. he uh, had the song where he went into how Kim stood by his side and had Charlie Wilson in the background singing and shit. Like, she she stood there with me when after I said that dumb shit about slavery being a choice. And then he also had that song drop where him and C.I. were going back and forth about that. Mm-hmm. So should we expect a scene this time where he's talking with somebody else about Harriet Tubman and then there's another song on there where he's talking about, you know, like how he's against abortion and, and he's for pro-life. So, you know, the, down, the thing I don't understand... Like Right, like the whole the whole breakdown in him crying, and I guess some people felt like, oh, you know, he's he's doing the most with that. I don't, un- or like you know, people like really offended the fact that he even talked about his child and abortion. But like I was saying in the video, mm-hmm. this is not like this is normal conversation. Like the average person in this day and age, and hell, even back in the day, most pregnancies are unplanned. And when you find yourself in a situation where you are pregnant, that is a conversation, you know, if you are in a relationship with somebody or, you know, whatever the relationship may be, that is usually the topic of conversation. What do we do now? Are we going to keep the child and raise the child? Are we going to be together? Are we not going to be together? Are we going to have an abortion? Are we going to keep the baby up for adoption? Those are the choices that that couples or people who find themselves in that situation have. So I'm not shocked about the conversation, but it's also a conversation that I feel like it wasn't the public's business because that daughter has to see that, you know what I'm saying? 10 years from now when she's 16, like, damn, my parents tried to abort me real quick. And she's going to be crying like he was crying. Yeah. Like, what the hell? My dad hurt. Like, his dad's probably sent like, Rolling around like on the floor. Like, what the hell is going on with this dude? Right. He's crying like that. Like. Yeah, and it was just like, it didn't make any sense because he went from almost blaming Kim, you know, oh, she had the pills mm-hmm. in her hand. She was ready to, you know, swallow them and, and kill our daughter. And then I had an epiphany from God and God told me not to, you know, abort her. And then he went from pra- then he went from that to praising her like, oh, even if we get a divorce, she had our child and that's all that matters. It's like it was double speak. Did he say this before or after the Harriet Tubman shit? This was all after the Harriet Tubman thing. So, hmm, so did he really just know he said something outrageous as hell? So did he try to combat that with like, it'd be the equivalent of like you're performing and you say some weak shit or some dumb shit, so you're about to lose the crowd. Mm-hmm. So then you say something that's going to make everybody clap. Like, right. All these women look good in here. Give that to these ladies. Who's not going to clap? Right. So you you bust out crying and shit, and everybody's like, "We love you, Kanye." And I just said, two seconds before that, people was about to walk out the room. Yeah. And there was even a black girl on Facebook, the one that he was, I don't know if you saw the video of him getting into it with her, and he's basically saying he doesn't have to address her because she has a mask on her face. 
And oh, so, so he, he yeah, was yeah. So he was he got into it with the with the young black girl, and she talked about her experience on Facebook how Kanye treated her funny. But then the other white girl that was in the crowd that was also you know talking back and giving him dissension, Kanye allowed her to come up on stage. So I, I just I, I don't know you know if this is a mental breakdown and this is mental illness. You know, I I pray he gets it together and he'll be okay. But again, it's hard for me to take it all the way serious or take him sincere when every other time he does this, he turns around and he's like, "New album dropping." That's true. We're laughing at him, but he's really laughing at us all the way to the bank. That's how I feel. I really feel like he is laughing at us all the way to the bank because he knows at the end of the day, you know, he can always fall back on the crazy train. Oh, I wasn't myself. Had, I was going crazy. He had 20, 20 tapping to the back of his hair. Right. Like, how am I supposed to take you serious? He had on a, a, a was that a bulletproof vest or just a vest? It I'm not sure. It just says security. That looks as silly as hell. Like, why does he have that on? And that's what I'm saying. It's so hard to know how to take him because he's just so over that the top with everything. Is that vest going to show up in a gap ad? <laughs> right. <laughs> and Remember, then, <laughs> he had the looking clothes, and that shit showed up everywhere. You said which clothes? Remember, he had them clothes with like like a homeless person designer. Yeah, with all the holes in them, and they were all those drab colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that shit showed up soon for two and three hundred dollars. Right. And be quiet. You're gonna see somebody on the street skateboarding with a, a security vest on. <laughs> and you know what else was funny was when he was talking about, you know, he was dropping a lot of hints. You know, he was talking mm-hmm. about, you know, getting locked up like Mandela. Um, he was talking about, you know, he's blasting the whole NBC Bill Cosby thing. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like in a way he was trying to get a message out? Because some people are looking at it deep as well. You know, the things that he was calling out, you know, the Google searches like Google, you know, Holly Berry. Some folks even saying like, hey, you know, is he trying to low key have us look at these people because they're involved in Pizzagate or, you know, something crazy like that. Yeah, it's weird. I was like, Holly Berry? What does Holly Berry have to do with any of this? Then he played Michael Jackson, black or white. Mm-hmm. What the hell was the message, y'all? Like, <laughs> 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 I had to go there because I don't know how to take them. I really don't. It's like it just makes no sense. Like he's just so all over the place, you know. And then he was throwing out that shade, uh, the shade at Shay LaBeouf, you know, and basically saying that you know Shaya basically dissed him and didn't help him with the golden line and all this other stuff. And then blasting Chris Jenner. Um, yeah, they're they're probably gonna end up putting him in the crazy house for a bit and reprogramming him or something. He'll go to the crazy house, and the crazy house will be in Wyoming with a studio attached to it. And we'll hear that all these people flew out there and recorded with them in the crazy house. Kanye has the best album rollout ever. He does. He does. This song, this, this, even the campaign rally, this sounds like an album rollout. Like, how ill would it be if I had, like, a campaign rally? Then he'll just turn around. He could spin this any way he wants. Like, the Harry Tubman thing. He could spin it. He could come back and say, well, what I was saying was, Harriet Tubman freed the people and then they went to work the white people what I was trying to say was we need to have ownership 
but they should have been able to go work for black people. Right. He'll find some way to spin it the same way he spent that slavery was a choice and came mm-hmm. with the free thinker thing. And yeah. The problem is now, though, you didn't, you've been calling out Chris Jenner by name and you're calling out NBC in uh, E. So now you're starting to mess with their bag. And that's an issue. That's an issue. I, that That's going to be, that's where he's going to start to get in trouble. Or is this going to get spent into another episode of their show? Like how, uh, Everybody went nuts when Kim and her sister was slapping the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up just being another funky episode on the show. Right. And well, now everything's all good and Courtney's coming back this season. <laughs> they, they, they blur the lines. and It's all, it's like it's like wrestling. There's always like a, a story. There's an angle. And then mm-hmm. there's a character arc. And then next week somebody else is... It's like... <laughs> and, and instead, you know, like on wrestling... The, the the Rock and John Cena get into it, and there's this big story behind it. They don't like each other because backstage, just blah, blah, blah. And it all builds up to a pay-per-view, and that's the conclusion of it, right? Right. Well, with Kanye, the conclusion is an album. It's a, all this drama, all this shit is leading up to an album or a clothing drop with the gap. Mm. But I wonder how they're looking at this, because I saw their stock drop a little bit. After I heard about bullshit. that. Yup, I heard about their stock dropping. And then I'm sure they have like a, a clause in their contract where he can't he can't do or say certain things. Mm-hmm. But I wonder who was the CEO behind that little deal signing because how did you work that into the contract when you're dealing with Kanye West? Right. And you know, and that's right? the sad part is like with a lot of these celebrities, you know, they get access to certain things that regular people just don't get access to. Like, we can't just call mm-hmm. up the Gap and say, hey, I have a really cool idea for a shirt or, you know, an outfit, and they just take my idea and cut me a check, and, you know, now I'm working with the Gap. You know, there's certain things they get access to, but I think a lot of things are changing, especially in 2020. The year mm-hmm. of the kissing celebrities' asses is no more, mm-hmm. because at this point, what is it to be a celebrity? You got exactly. regular everyday people now who have platforms that are just as powerful and just as big as celebrity platforms. You know, even like on my YouTube channel, my podcast, when I go live, I get just as many people on my live streams as Fox Soul. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you yes, know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Or any of these major, you know, black, um, you know, um, outlets. So it's just like they're not playing with a lot of these celebrities anymore. So if. They if if Kanye starts messing up the Kardashian Jenner bag, oh trust mm-hmm. and believe he will be cut off. I could see that be being the final straw for Kim and them because regardless if you like them or not, you know they work for mm-hmm. that money. They work for they're that popularity. Yeah. They're a brand. They're a global brand. Whatever they attach themselves to grows exponentially. Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna allow him to mess that up. And I feel like. Even some of the things he was saying, like, I would never let my child, you know, do porn. I would never let my child yeah. be a playboy. Those were definitely shots at Chris Jenner. But what I'm assuming is that now that his daughter's getting older, very beautiful little girl, he's starting to look at it like, yo, I'm a father mm-hmm. to a little girl. Do I want my daughter mm-hmm. walking down the same steps as, you know, my wife? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's sexy. Right. You know, it's sexy when it's not your child. Mm-hmm. You know, but now that his child could walk down that same path, he's starting to get nervous, you know. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. 
So let's go ahead and, and segue into um the whole Nick Hold Cannon. Hold on, one, huh? one last thing. Oh, okay. Let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. I got to keep it true. When was the last time you seen anybody in some gas? Mm. Ain't nobody. I, I just want to interest in that nobody's even brought that up. Who wears Gap? When was the last time you saw somebody, you came outside with a Gap fit? The only time I even see people wear Gap is during the winter when they wear those Gap hoodies that say Gap. The last time you even seen a black person mentioning Gap was when L. Cool J right. snuck his little promo in for Fubu during mm-hmm. that Gap commercial. Mm-hmm. I was that when you said that, that's who popped in my head was L. Cool J. Yeah, like nobody yeah, you know, talks about pro- that. Yeah, you can't even go to a mall right now with Corona and all that and go buy some. That might not have been the best deal in the world for him anyway. Right, and that might have been yeah. a way to low key promote it because, like, again, who was mm-hmm. really checking for Gap before he started talking about the Gap? You yeah. know, so. all roads point back to to an album rollout. So, right, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna keep our eyes still. But go ahead and segue. I'm sorry. No, sorry no, you're real. good. No, you're good. So I wanted to talk about the Nick Cannon thing. Okay, Nick yeah. Cannon is the living embodiment of backtracking and pussy popping. Let's keep that real. <laughs> so the the clip he posted this clip this morning, and we all had a really good dialogue about it. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling the clip. Once again, I feel like he's blaming the black community. So I'm going to go ahead and play it so um, the listeners can hear the clip of Nick Cannon. He actually has a rabbi on the show. And the title of the clip says, I made a lot of people mad, Nick Cannon. So y'all go ahead and listen to this. I made a lot of people mad. Your community mad? I made my community mad by apologizing. Poor question for everybody in our community is, is he sincere? Is this real? Do you feel I'm sincere? At this point, Yes. I believe hate is an energy, and it's very contagious. I don't have a hatred toward any group of people, but specifically Jewish people, because I feel there is such a connection. You know what that common hate for the black community comes from and the Jewish community comes from? White supremacy. The idea of eugenics is still placed on us today in America, and that Hitler adopted. That's correct. From Came from America. And, which caused the Holocaust. And now being used by the Communist Party in China against Muslims. And I will say this, you don't have to be white to practice the energy of white supremacy. That's evil. That's what you and I hate. Okay, so you just heard that. How do you feel about it? I feel like you need to sit down somewhere and have a tall glass of shut the fuck up juice. (laughs) Nick Cannon, get your ass out of here with that, like. It's just, it's he's, too much. He's doing the most. He, he, the backtracking is like unprecedented. Like, I don't think we ever see somebody go so hard at white people to turn around and go so soft in the same breath. Like, Right. You know, and, and the thing that's bothersome is that he's low-key throwing Professor Griff under the bus. You know, he took down the Professor Griff interview. Um, He's uploading this. To me, all this is is pandering. You know, again, that's why I always say that, you know, 2020 has really shown you these so-called bosses. You know, like I always tell you, you know, a lot of people, especially people of color, we love titles. I'm a CFO. I'm a CEO. I'm the, you know, the owner of this and that. But when you really peel back the onion, you find out that a lot of these people, they don't own what they're saying that they own. Just like with Diddy and the whole Ciroc, then he owns like 0.33% or some <laughs> shit of Ciroc. 
But he acts like he invented it. He's the one pouring the grain alcohol in there, mixing the fruit. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you, you own a small percentage. Just like when Jay-Z was bragging about owning the Brooklyn Nets. He owns a small percentage. And I believe that this is the same thing with Nick Cannon. We all had assumed, I can only speak for myself, but I really thought he owned Wildin' Out. I really thought that was his baby. He owned that and everything else. I mean, he, he this show has, is, what, 15 years old. And mm-hmm. to find out that, no, he's just the face <clears throat> of the brand. He doesn't own it. He can easily be replaced by Michael Blackston, like 50 Cent said, or anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he got his, his what uh, what they like to call it, the, the nigga wake-up call. You know, they basically wow. gave him that wake-up call, letting him know that, nigga, you don't run anything here. You can talk all that. The, mm-hmm. the Dame Dash wake-up call. There you go, where Dame Dash was talking all that stuff. And remember, now he wants to sue WeTV and, you know, they mm-hmm. messed up his family and they they exploited him. You know, at some point in time, we had to take ownership for not only our words, but the things that we do and say. And if you're going to stand in something, you need to stand in it. If you feel like, you know, what you said was wrong, I agree. Then you apologize. If that's what's in your heart to apologize, apologize. But all this deflecting backpedaling and constantly trying to throw the black community under the bus. I'm not feeling that because um, uh, the majority of people in the black community just don't care. I don't care about this situation. Let me read you something real quick. Mm -hmm. I want to quote Nick Cannon real quick. Now, remember, it came out way back when he came up with that photo op. Remember, we were talking about that Mm -hmm. back in uh, April or whatever when all the stuff happened Mm -hmm. with George Floyd. Yes, so this, he came Minnesota. These are the lyrics that I was talking about from his uh, video. So he can't say, uh, I don't know, and come sit down and talk to me. I need a rabbi or somebody. Mm-hmm. I quote, I can't breathe. And the media telling me to keep quiet. Suffocating me into silence. Here's the part. The devil's greatest trick, convincing the world that we're the ones who were violent. Nah, they're the ones deficient, insufficient comprehension of their barbaric existence. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like everything he was saying on that podcast with Professor Griff. Exactly. And he said that way before. So this this, this isn't just you were caught in a moment with Griff up there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like 50 Cent says people get tough when he comes around. And he hates that because it shows how disingenuous people are. You know, everybody feels like they have to tough up because he's 50. Right. Nick kind of did that with grip. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let me get on my militant shit. Mm-hmm. But not, and then, so don't turn around and be like, I was caught in the moment. or No, you've been talking like this. And when he said it, when I watched that little clip on YouTube when he was doing that, that research, and he said that part, it stuck out to me. Like, whoa, if you're going to stand on it, stand on it. Don't turn around and be like, educate me. And I need right. Keep that same energy you had when you was talking that shit. Right. See, what it is is this is where attention-seeking falls flat. He was trying to poke the bear, trying to go viral because let's keep it real. We're all on equal playing field now. Everybody's Mm -hmm. scrambling trying to pay their bills, okay? Mm -hmm. And a lot of these celebrities have been made comfortable, you know, living above their means. And now that Hollywood is shut down, they're not really producing and able to record the reality TV shows, their talk shows and all that stuff. Um, the way that they're trying to get money is by going viral on YouTube because they know there's a check to get. 
So if you can get but so many views and clicks, you'll get something that'll help pay your bill and get you through the next month and things like that. So he's been poking the bear for a while. Like you said, that song mm-hmm. was back in April. Then he had said, you know, um, it, it's been two or three different Nick Cannon classes that have gone viral. People were very upset with the words that were coming out of his mouth. So he's been poking it, looking for a viral moment. What it is is that it didn't pan out. This particular situation didn't pan out like the rest. The other situations, people were like, okay, well, maybe he misspoke. Okay, well, maybe he's just upset. Nobody wanted to go against what he said during the George Floyd situation because it would have made them look worse, right? But I think this was like the final straw. Like you've just said a lot of things. And at this point in time, you are, this is who you are. This is your character. And I think that's why the Jewish community and Viacom and them were like, okay, this is just starting to be a bit much. And that's when they started taking things from him. Once his bag was affected, all of a sudden it's all this, my community made me apologize. You know, my community's mad at me for apologizing. My community's upset, but I had to do what's right. No. Your community, the people who he caters to, they had his back and they were supporting him. They got upset once he started trying to backtrack and blame the community. Like, you know, and and as a black community, we're already at the bottom of the totem pole. We don't need any more negativity being shined over here. You know, so it's like, yeah, like, like, don't go blaming the black community now for words that you spoke. He thought all these people, he thought his celebrity was bright enough where all these celebrities would rally behind him, like T.I. and Killer Mike and all these woke folks would, you know, really, really support him. And when it was crickets, he got scared because he was out there on the ledge by himself, you know. And then even the whole trying to say that he want like, you know, he made his location heaven and he wants off the earth. And it, it's just a bit much. It's it's a bit much. That's that Kanye shit. That's that I said something fucked up. Mm. So let me try to get some sympathy. Let me try to. Okay, now if everybody's worried about Nick and prayers for Nick Cannon, y'all, he's going through some. He might be contemplating suicide. It's like you're trying to change the narrative. It's that it's, after Tyree said all that crazy shit about the rock. And then mm. he got on there talking about his daughter, like crying and shit. Right. And came with the med. So, yeah, next week when we hear that Nick's been on meds, don't be surprised. Like, <laughs> right. Then you're going to get a big post. Mental health is real, y'all. And take, take care of yourself, man. It's the same shit. Like, how many times are we going to keep seeing the same movie from these celebrities? Yeah. Then they want they want to go around to all these cities and burn this bitch down and I can't breathe and say all this shit. And then you get on your jet and leave and we're here to deal with the repercussions right exactly you want to throw a rock at the police and then duck into the crowd and let us take all the blows right yeah i mean a lot of these people have just thrown up hornet's nest around the country you know Mm -hmm. this energy and even with the whole demon time thing i've talked about in the past all that Mm -hmm. came from celebrities regular folks weren't talking about demon time you you heard joe button trying to act all confused like he didn't know what demon time was and he didn't understand what demons were like sir stop Stop yeah, trying to here, normalize bullshit. Y'all know what it is. They they planted seeds and people, you know, it's just this real dark energy that's out there. And like you said, it's the regular folks in the community that are left to pick up the pieces, you know. So for me, I would have respected him more if he just would have let this play it out and moved on. But now he's bringing on the rabbi because, again, he knows his money is in that in the white community. Let's keep it real. Right. They're the ones who fund him. They're the ones who pay his paycheck. It's not the black community. We don't own, we don't own anything like that. So it's like he has to definitely, 
um, kiss up to them and, and make amends with them. And again, I, I also just cannot take the whole woke thing seriously, especially when people want to talk, you know, so pro-black. But when I look at most of the pro-black so-called lead, I don't consider them leaders, but most people who, you know, have that pro-black persona. Oh, you're talking about donation. Yeah, donation. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just there's a bunch of, we, we're gonna, they're going to rename yeah. nameless, but there's a bunch of them. And it's like when I look at their lifestyle, it's like, well, where's your black wife? Where's your black family? Right. Everybody wants to talk about the black community and black this, black that. It's like, how can you even talk bad, that bad about a race of people and that same blood is running through your children? It doesn't make any sense. You know, it, it just doesn't. It, it, and, and people say, oh, well, it doesn't matter if they're mixed or racially ambiguous. They're still black. No, they're not. And it's not it's fair children. to deny a child half of who they are because, you know, because you you want to be disingenuous. That that's what it boils down to. A lot of disingenuous people, you know, and that's the yeah. part that's just frustrating. I, I can't take double speak seriously. So everybody, so all white people are the devil. All white folks are <laughs> inhuman, except for Mariah Carey and her family. Make except it make for your sense. manager, right? Except for your agent and your business manager, <laughs> right? Like now, y'all, y'all, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you, right? Like, it doesn't work that way. That's why, for me, I've always tried to judge people based on how they treat people overall, how they treat me, you know, because there's good and bad in every race. I mean, we got we got black folks out here shooting and killing each other in broad daylight, and we have white people out here murdering and doing stupid stuff. There's good and bad in every race. But I can't take it serious when you're saying that, when you're painting a whole group of people with one brush. But, oh, this person I'm sleeping with, they're cool, though. <laughs> they don't count. Of course, we see examples of all white people aren't this way or all black people aren't that way. But when people are trying to push an agenda, they speak in master roots. And that's where everybody gets in trouble. Right. So right. Then I don't I don't like anybody. This is what I don't like about celebrities nowadays. People show you that they don't respect their audience or they don't respect the intelligent level. Of, that's what that's going back to wrestling because I'm a big wrestling fan. That's mm-hmm. where wrestling starts to fall off. They stop respecting their audience's intelligence level. We all know this shit is fake. We just want to see a good play. We want to see a good storyline. We want to see some drama. Make it realistic, but don't try to like over. And then they, when they caught on to uh, people want more realness in it, they went too far with it. You went too far left. I think a lot of these entertainers do that. Mm-hmm. So we, when they, when when people are starting to wake up and become more cautious and more conscious and get more woke, these celebrities jump on it and go overboard. And that's when you get Nick Cannon saying that white people are deficient and barbaric and right. all this whole other crazy shit. Like, no, we didn't say all that, bro. Right. Like, like, like now you're trying to speak for us and you're saying some outrageous shit. And then in the same like, breath, you want everybody to run and support you and stand by that. No, people are not going to run and stand by that. Because, again, if that was a white person saying that about black people, we'd be dragging them. Like, you're not going to paint the whole black community as deficient and, you know, barbaric and, and violent. Because we see it all the time with white supremacists who do that, you know. And, the, yeah, the whole three-fifths of a human being shit. Yeah, like, that came from white supremacy. Saying, yeah, you're saying the same thing about white people when you say, oh, they, they like melanin, so they're savages and all this and that and all this and that. Yeah, he, he said a that lot of stuff and he just did not know how to articulate it well. You know, and, and that's what happens when, mm-hmm. when you regurgitate what somebody else is saying. Right, he was taking shit that he read somewhere else or saw on YouTube. Because there's people yeah, on YouTube who talk like that, but they stand in their shit. 
And one thing I will say that he was right in that is that hate is very infectious. Negativity mm-hmm. is very infectious. It's a lot easier Absolutely. to be negative and, and, and sulk and, 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 you know, focus on the bad all the time than it is to try and look at the good and try and find something positive about the situation. At the end of the day, um, everybody's been affected by white supremacy, but Nick has done pretty well for himself. So that's mm-hmm. another thing that a lot of these celebrities try to act like they're so oppressed. I, 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 can't, I, I can't feel your oppression. I'm not saying they don't go through stuff in the boardroom. I'm not saying they don't get, you know, possibly mistreated or, you know, certain roles they may not get because of their skin tone and, you know, things like that. But at the end of the day, you're doing better than most people in the black community. Let's keep that real. Even like when T.I. was up there. Remember when T.I. was on that on the revolt panel and, he, you Mm -hmm. know, he's talking all this stuff. And it's like, do you realize you're you're part of the, you know, like the the upper not he's not one of the one percent. Of course, he's not a billionaire, but he's but in the upper, the upper echelon. echelon. Yeah, you're the part For of the upper echelon. Definitely. So I so can't take about- you seriously when you're sitting here complaining about how you know all the stuff you're going through. When there's people literally right now in Atlanta, indicator who are going through it, going through it. Let me give you an example of that real quick. Mm-hmm. There, I'm not. We're just going to say you could fill in fill in blank rapper here, but in, within the last month, so look at. There's some street rapper that just got caught with a gun somewhere in America right now, right? Mm-hmm. The last time T.I. went to jail, remember what it was for? Guns. Getting into it with the dude at his gated community with the security. Oh, yeah, when the dude fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, we have different struggles, T.I. Like, mm. you're, you're getting arrested for coming home drunk and arguing with the guy at the gated community that protects the mansion you live in. Mmm. We're out here in the real struggle dealing with real problems. You're like, yeah, yeah your oppression is way different. Uh, you can't compare, uh, damn, we got to eat. To, you're mad because you can't get your favorite spot at uh, Houston's restaurant. Mm. Half of us can't afford to go to Houston. Right. Right. No, it's the truth. So, and I, And like I said, I think a lot of people are waking up to the bullshit of a lot of these people and people don't want to hear. And this is why I always say, I don't feel like celebrities and I don't care if it's black or white celebrities, they don't need to be the voice for regular people. Your situation Mm -hmm. is not the same as the average person in America, you know? So a lot of them them only get into their little civil rights struggle bag when they're getting, when something's not going their way, a deal that Mm -hmm. they wanted to go through gets blocked. Netflix didn't offer me enough money or uh, Mm. these fashion houses don't respect me. Now you want to come back to the hood and say, yeah, y'all need to support my bro. They right. don't want to take me serious. So everybody wants our, as part of course, everybody wants our support until they get to where they're going. And then they could care less about it. Yeah. Just like, I mean, and Nick they, was a perfect example. He wanted everybody to support him in all that mess that he got himself in. And once people didn't, now he's just throwing the whole community under the bus. You know, and it's crazy. And, and we, like you said, we've seen it time and time again that folks want our support and want the black community to ride for them once they're in trouble, once they're going through something with their record label. Look how many people, little Uzi, I talked about him on mm-hmm. my last stream, how many people he shitted on. Diamond mm-hmm. Cuts, I think DJ Drama, trying mm-hmm. to get to Rock Nation. And then, mm-hmm. but before he got to Rock Nation, he was, remember, they wouldn't let him drop his, in, his music. And he yeah. was upset and he wanted everybody, you know, free Uzi Vert. Yeah, I'm not, you know, they're not letting me drop music. I just want to make music. I'm quitting the game. 
But look what you did to black people who look like you, Uzi. You thought chasing that white bag was better, but then you shitted on these black folks who saw something in you that nobody else saw. Let's keep that real. And Mm -hmm. then once these white people that you got with in the industry weren't allowing you to just do what you wanted to do, then he wanted to come back to the black community and use the black community to boycott said record company, Atlantic. Everybody. Mm -hmm. And like I said, insulting the intelligence of your audience. Like people really think we're dumb. Like we don't see what y'all is doing. I just feel like everything is a rollout. Like every time we hear about this story with a celebrity in the news, it's funny how they get spent into, I, I appreciate all y'all's calls and support. Uh, if you could uh, support my branded t-shirts, links in the bio. It's always some shit like that when you listen to these celebrities now with their little woe is me stories. There's always something being sold to you or marketed to you. It's like, hmm, there's always like some hidden agenda that's trying to be reached and Right. So it's, it's, it all, it's all comes across as being disingenuous. Who's he beefing with? Uh, I I could be wrong, but it's, I think it's Rich the Kid right now. Oh, is he? He, he tried to charge him for a feature. Just a quick update. This is in post-edit. It was not Rich the Kid. Rich the Kid and Uzi Vert have beef for years, but the rapper that he's currently into it with is, is Shy Gizly. He is saying that little Uzi Vert and Rock Nation are trying to charge him for a feature and he's never paid for a verse in his life. So that is the rapper, not Rich the Kid. Just had to clear that up. Who tried to charge him? He, he said, Who was he tried to charge him? He was like, shit. A second ago, we were in the club, popping bottles and all this and that. And now you get your new situation, and you send an invoice for a feature. And he's like, what the fuck, dude? I thought you was my guy. When you were fucked up and couldn't put out music. You were hopping all over my shit. Now mm. you got your little deal with Rock Nation and all this and that, and you had them call me to send an invoice. Yeah. So people get where they're going, and then they just... But you, but you know what's so funny with that? That goes back to the Migos conversation we were having the other night. You know, mm-hmm. with all this stuff that's going on. Because of the corona, everybody's bag mm-hmm. has stopped. I you, nobody. I don't care if you work a regular nine to five from home. You're driving a bus. You're you know work for Domino's. Mm-hmm. Everybody's bag for the most part has slowed down a bit. Okay, especially these mm-hmm. celebrities. They're not able to do shows. They're not able to you know tour. They're not able to put out music. They can't put out music videos like that unless they're filming in their home. So. Back to the P thing, this was last Wednesday. It came out that the Migos had filed a lawsuit against their attorney, okay? The group, because everybody's at home. So now people are like, well, shit, I don't have, you know, $100,000 a month coming in. But then bills ain't mm-hmm. stopping. That light bill is still three grand. Mm-hmm. The damn cable bill is still a thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? That heat, that cooling, the the mm-hmm. AC is still two thousand. The water, that big ass lawn, several hundred dollars. So exactly. I feel like what happened is the Migos started combing through stuff, and they're yep. seeing that their lawyer is basically siphoning money, and so they had filed a lawsuit. They're suing the lawyer. The lawyer is also, he also represents the label, Quality Control Music, Mm -hmm. who is P. And anytime you have somebody who represents the label, they're going to be Mm -hmm. in the best interest of the label. Now, they're not, yeah, they're not suing P, but they're suing the lawyer. But what is telling is that P went on a whole rant, on a whole tirade. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
And like we say in the, in the South, a hit dog will holla. I mean, he even accused them of, you know, how dare they do this lawsuit. The timing is horrible. Little Marlo, mm-hmm. who was also on um, quality control, he just got killed. And so a lot of people are taking this like, wow, you know, P is doing a lot. Why is he so upset? And my thing is, if 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 they're not suing you, P, why are you so upset? I feel like P's upset because he was getting a cut of whatever that lawyer was getting. Hell yeah, he was getting a cut. That's how I feel. It's like when when the lights cut on and the roaches scatter. Mm. Everything's being exposed. Mm. This has been going on forever in the, in the industry, though. Look at cat. This was Cash Money before Cash Money. This was Death Row. This was uh, No Limit. The one thing that all these labels that were like powerhouses for rap mm-hmm. have in common is is everything was in house. So when it all starts to fall apart, you see the producers falling out with. Uh, Look how Dad Suchud, uh, Master P. Master P fell off really when uh, he lost Beats by the Pound. That was the production house behind No Limit. Mm-hmm. Cash Money and Manny Fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way up till now. The one thing that all these labels have in common is is everything's in house. There's no separation of church and state. So everybody's got the same attorney. Everybody's got the same manager. Everybody, or, or no manager at all. QC is also a management house. So, like, they manage a bunch of other artists, right, outside of QC. Mm-hmm. And I think they just recently, like, all those artists, that management company is under a different name than QC, but it's still it's the same people, seeing uh, Coach K running it. Right. Uh, it's not a problem when your record label is managing you until the money's slowing down. As mm-hmm. long as there's millions of dollars coming in and everybody's winning, everything's cool. So when the bag slows down, and you got these bills. And let's not forget, these are artists. These aren't nine to five working people that get a bill every April 15th or whatever and file taxes. These motherfuckers will make two or three million for four or five years and they get this big ass bill from the IRS. Mm. And it's like, oh shit, let me check my bank account. I owe them 10 million and I got 4 million in the bank. Let me holler at my label. See what's going on. Where's, my, where's the rest of our money? Right. It's just, it's just funny how after all these years, all these different labels, it was the same thing. Shug's wife managed Snoop. Sharifa Knight managed Snoop. Master P and his uh, silent partner, Boz, managed all the No Limit artists. Mm-hmm. Birdman and Slim managed all the Cash Money artists. So when this type of, I remember when Gilly the Kid left Cash Money and fell out with Birdman. He said he had a conversation with Wayne and was like, yeah, Birdman just tried to offer me 300000 for my publishing. He's like, I was like, hell no. He said, Wayne said, what's publishing? Damn. See what I'm saying? Wow. I didn't even know that. Everything's controlled in-house. And every time I think you're about to ask me a question, I buy you a new Lamborghini truck mm-hmm. or a diamond necklace or yep. say, here, here goes 100000 cash. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we give you a... I remember when Khaled signed with Cash Money. We all know how that turned out. Mm-hmm. How we ended up with the Rick Ross song, this and Birdman. I remember it was on World Star. They were on a boat, on Birdman's boat, and they were celebrating him signing with Cash Money. Baby pulled off this big ass wad of hundreds and gave him the talent. I'm like, that's nigga shit right there. You're not gonna, we have a contract. You're gonna pay me in cash? <laughs> right. Like, this shit ain't gonna end well. Like, it just. Other corporations, they don't do business like that. You mm-hmm. think the president of Warner Brothers is going to show up on a boat with, with you know what I'm saying, 200000 in cash and hand it to you? Right. 
Well, I mean, think about all this stuff that's even going on with Diddy. I mean, and, and it's example. just like, you know, Perfect yesterday example. I had posted that, um, and I still need to do a video on it, um, those young boys, B5 came out. B5. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot all about them because, you know, that's not my generation. So I, I'm like, who? And then I had to think back, like, all oh, the little kids, they look like a little Puerto Rican group or something. Mm -hmm. But they all came out. You know, they're grown men now, and they're blasting mm -hmm. Diddy. And these kids literally... It's been 15 years since their first album dropped under Bad Boys. They didn't mm -hmm. get paid a dime in publishing, in writing credit, nothing. On top wow, of, you know, 112. Remember when Q came out and was blasting Diddy and Mace and mm -hmm. everything else. And, and again, that goes back to what you were saying about how they try to use the black community to rally against them. Remember, anytime yeah. Diddy goes through shit. He tries to come to revolt and, you know, we need more black folks to support us and we're trying to get black folks a platform and, you know, we're tired of the white executives taking advantage. And that's when Mace caught him out. Remember that? When Mace caught him out, was like, you so quick to, to say what the white man is doing to you now that you're in a certain position, but how about you give us back our publishing? How about you give me back what you owe me? You told me I can't get my publishing and my writing and my money until I'm 50. So, that's probably what made Nick Cannon say he wants to leave the planet when he saw that little Post from Diddy. Saying that shit? Yeah. That, that was like Suge saying, come to death row. This right. is like, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm going to head out. Yeah. Like, we're, if, we're not doing my that. Only option, if my only option is to go get robbed by Diddy, I'm going to go ahead and head on out of here. Right. It, it's crazy. And like you said, it's a song as old as, uh, as time because it's like, you know, they come at these kids because most of these people, when they get into the industry, they're young. You know, Mace was like 19 mm -hmm. when he signed in. And... A lot of it, too, is at one point in time, somebody fucked Diddy over. It's so that's a, what he got that mentality theory. for. Yeah. Mm, I mean, think about, remember um, the movie, the, the New Edition movie. Remember how mm -hmm. bad they got messed over by their record label? And then what did they yep. do? They turned around and did the same thing, the boys to men and the groups mm -hmm. after them. So it's, it's really <laughs> sickening. It's almost like... You know, well, it's almost like an initiation. Like, we got fucked out of yeah. our, our, our money, and, you know, this is just the industry. This is just how it works. No, taking advantage of people and not giving them their just dues is not okay. And I believe that all money's not good money, and that's why Diddy just looks stressed, like he can't sleep. He, you know, he the ghost of, you know, payments passed. <laughs> the, the ghost of payments passed are, hunting, are haunting Diddy because he's done so many people in the industry wrong. You know, and I it's, remember it's the, crazy. Uh, some of the, oh, look, Day 26, do you remember them? Mm-hmm. They had an interview where they said that their contracts for the making the band were so horrible, and they were, like, back against the wall, because they said, if you don't sign this, we got 20, 30 other people on the yep. show that want to take your place. Yep. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? Like, why would you even start your people off with a horrible contract like that? Everybody used that, oh, this is just, you're just paying dues, and this is how it goes. I remember at the end of the new edition movie, there was a scene with Biv sitting in his office, mm -hmm. and he's on the phone with one of his artists, and he's like, did you read your contract? Right. At the beginning of the movie, when they were getting robbed, their manager was like, did you read the contract? Yeah, it's sick. So, it's, yeah, it's just a tradition of just screwing people over. like. But that's a sick tradition. I mean, that, that doesn't happen in any other... I'm not saying it doesn't happen in like regular society, you know, probably like contractors yeah. and stuff, but it mainly happens in Hollywood and in the music industry, especially. 
And it's sad. And, you know, like like we were saying, because of the coronavirus, people got time. Today, you know, today I got time, cuz, to sit and go over my bank statement and see where my money's going. But now what's so funny, going back to the whole peace situation, if you don't know, mm-hmm. P done unfollowed everybody in the Migos. So this is causing even more. This is showing there's even there's some type of bigger rift. And I believe because if they're not suing P personally and the fact that he unfollowed everybody, even takeoff, takeoff, don't even talk. I don't ever hear takeoff (laughs) name, period. Okay, you only hear offset and Quavo. So the fact that he unfollowed takeoff, the most quietest member of the Migos, says a lot. I believe that. Yeah, because, you know, once it's a lawsuit, the onion starts getting peeled back. And I believe it's going to start showing Q, uh, uh, P's hand was possibly in the pot when it shouldn't have been. Yep. Oh, hell yeah. So you he's upset. Yeah, he's upset. There's too much money coming in. Mm-hmm. And the label's going to just say, well, we took you from this point to this point. Mm-hmm. We did this, that, and the third. We had to recoup all this money back. There's all that. They'll come out that list all of a sudden. It's funny how, like, if me and you were hanging out kicking it. And I'm like, girl, we want to eat, order whatever you want. We went to the club after this. We get to the club. I got you. Don't worry about it. We VIP. Oh, you want some champagne? Go ahead. And then the next day, I send you as an invoice. Right. Like, and I've itemized everything. Remember that cigarette you had on the balcony? <laughs> Four dollars. <laughs> That's how the record labels do these That's, people. That They're is. Like, Damn. Mm-hmm. Like y'all, Like everything. We had a we had a pizza at the studio. Y'all got that shit on here? Like, remember ooh. Danny Boy, the homeboy Danny Boy. In mm-hmm. one of his interviews, uh, he was on this show, like on, I don't know, ID channel or something. They were talking about Suge Knight. They came at him like family, like, you know, when his mother died, you know, we'll pay for the funeral and everything. He mm-hmm. said at the end of the year, when he got that itemized list, they put the mother's funeral on there. The funeral on there. It's like, what the I hell? Think, I learned this at my old job. I respect my uh, the executive record at my old job. She always said this. The name family was in the business that I worked at, but she said, she said, I think they really need to change that because people really get caught up and shit always goes bad when you have that family aesthetic in your business. You really shouldn't have the two. We can, it's all cool to be cordial and show love. And, but when you start saying family, they, everything takes on a deeper meaning. So what if I have to fire your ass one day? What if you do something that's so egregious, I got to let you go? Mm. But now you saying this. We didn't do this family word around so much. You know what I'm saying? Right. So with all these businesses and all these contracts, you were talking millions of dollars. There ain't no family when you're missing a couple million. No. She was like all. a father to them until they found out that they're missing millions of dollars. Right. Once your bag starts getting affected, that family stuff goes out the window because family should not be robbing you. Family should not then, make you feel bad. Exactly. And then I don't want to just shoot the Migos some bell. Let's look at it from Pete's perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure because the way his reaction was so fast and how he jumped on on Twitter or wherever he jumped on was like, yeah, everything is negotiable. That says a lot. Like, like, mm. like you know, y'all can get up out this contract. Y'all gonna cash me out. I feel like he's going so hard because he feels like I went out of my way. Because I've been in a situation where you go out of your way to show somebody that you're on the up and up. Mm-hmm. And then they turn around and do some, some, some funny shit to you. Right. And sometimes that could be your downfall. Like, damn, I went out of my way. I did all this and that. I had all these checks and balances to show the person I was dealing with that I was honest. And I got so caught up in trying to be honest that I missed some shit on their end and they got over on me. Mm. Like, if they were going to leave, like, man, you know, we got enough money now that 
you don't know if Universal or one of these other labels is in their ear. Like, if y'all can just get away from them, we'll offer y'all this this. Yeah. Or Rock and, Nation. Look how many folks Rock Nation done snatched up. Meg the Stadium, just, perfect example, you know? Don't be surprised if two weeks from now we find out that the Meagles have signed uh, um, with Rock Nation for management. Because that seems to be Rock Nation's <laughs> M.O. <laughs> we were just talking about little Uzi. Little mm-hmm. Uzi left trauma and went to Rock Nation. Meg, we know the story with her. Mm-hmm. Who else is over at Rock Nation right now that came from the similar circles? Because there's one other person I'm forgetting. They're big. That, that went to Rock Nation because there was some funny business with their contract. And they jumped over Jay-Z and them. I think they're poaching artists. I think they're going around. And they're coming in, and they're like, hey, why don't you let me see your contract? Or maybe the Migos called them. Like, hey, yeah. can you look over this contract for me? Like, Migos have dropped, like, two, three little duds back-to-back. So shit's starting to cool off. And all it takes is for another label, for Def Jam to be like, man, see, we would have did this with that song if y'all was with us, or we would have. And they like, word? Like, what, what you mean? What, what else you? And then it goes from there. Like, if we can just get you off that contract, Mm-hmm. They do. They'll yeah. gas up these artists, and they don't even realize they're being played. And he said that in his little little rant he went on. He was like, "I've seen so many black executives crumble because of you know what I'm saying this suspension." Dame Dash brought this up when he was going through it with Jay Z. People mm-hmm. come in and they use the, the divide and conquer tactic. Mm-hmm. And it was not act like. The Migos aren't cold right now, and Little Baby's super on fire carrying the label. And that's another thing that people are pointing out, too. Matter of fact, he was on DJ Academics' post yesterday um, going in, talking about, because people were saying, like, you know, they're not hot. They've kind of fallen off. And he was like, we're worth $22 million. And people are like, okay. <laughs> you know, right. so. Right. Yeah, and the thing is, people don't care about what you did a year ago, two years ago. It's what's hot right now. What's hot right now is little baby. And that and that might be where some of the issues are coming from because, you know, once that that artist is super hot, all the attention on that label is towards that hot artist. Yeah, and it's not even personal. It's just how business goes. Mm Mm-hmm. Y'all just try to trip together. Y'all's off, you know, having families, which is cool. Having celebrity girlfriends, which is cool. All y'all probably live in L.A. right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody's moving. You're you're at a certain level. Y'all should really be transitioning into movies and shit, getting cameos and all that. Well, Offset was. He was on that new show, um, and I don't know when it's going to come out, and I'm thinking the production stopped, but he was on a new show, so he was getting into acting. He was uh, diversifying his bag, so I will give him that. So he was at least doing that. I got my notes here, too. Oh, we're going to talk about this. I got my notes. I'm glad I talked to you. (laughs) I can pinpoint when the Migos started to kind of lose steam. Mm. The exact moment. Remember when they were dropping those three albums? Mm-hmm. Now, those three albums, what they did, what they were supposed to do, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. There would be no problem with Migos. Even if Little Baby blew up, if they, those three albums didn't do what they were supposed to do. Part of the reason why they didn't do what they were supposed to do is Quavo and their DJ, DJ Darrell, started to assume a lot of the production responsibility. Mm. Remember, their biggest song up to then was like Bad and Bougie. That was Metro Boomin. Okay. Imagine what his cut was of that song. They probably were in the studio like, man, this is, imagine if we would have did the beat ourselves. Right. So then their next, their next singles after that were all produced by Quavo and DJ Darrell. But this is when you start changing the formula. This is when the shit starts going left. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at them for wanting to boss us and take control. That's a bigger bag. You're going to get... You know what I'm saying? You get the more publishing money. and all right. that. Yeah. But 
at the risk of your, uh, you know, your, your craft, your credibility, like, and I, I'm telling you, if you can go back and look at the credits of the last three, maybe even five times that didn't do shit, look, just check who the producer was. Mm. And then the songs that they're on that did move and pop, like the uh, Do Anything for Clout, those are songs with established producers. Right. Yeah, that formula, you know, when when you start messing with producers and beat makers and writers, it can change your whole style. Mm -hmm. It can. Yeah, not to mention oversaturation. Sometimes artists need to know how to go away and come back. Yeah. And that was the difference between our artists back in the in the 90s and 2000s. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you were happy to get a new Jay Z, Beyonce album, whatever, every two years. Now it's just it's new music every month. Like you can't keep up. It's like it's hot for two it. weeks and then it's somebody else two mm-hmm. weeks later. Look how the perspective changed. Mm-hmm. If Jay Z dropped a bomb album today, we expect him to promote it, push all the songs, the singles, go on tour. So by the time it cools off, it's like two years later. He didn't went on to where you had a chance to cycle. It's gone through a whole cycle. Now, if you don't drop something every six weeks, everybody's gonna say you fell off. Right. It's, it's crazy. Like, oh, man, he's trash. Like he, he people are consuming music so fast, and I think they just got caught up in that. They got to a point where, but the Migos, to their credit, they're comeback kings. So yeah, they when they were underground, and then they had the Versace run. Then they had the fight night, and they had like when they did look when I they said, what's the song look at my dad. Mm-hmm. When they did look at my dad, they made no money off that song because they weren't able to put out any music that they could get paid off because of, they were bleeding three hundred. Now it's part of their deal. They had mm-hmm. a, like a non non compete clause where they couldn't drop any music. Right. So they they've had you know what I'm saying, but they've also had QC in their corner that whole time. Yeah. And who's to say how much, you know, QC put into them before they became established millionaires? People forget that, too, that a lot of times these managers and these and these labels, they put a lot of money because you're coming to them broke. You're a nobody, you know, for, you know, just for lack of a better word. You know, nobody knows Mm -hmm. who you are. You don't really have any money like that. And they have to, you know, build a persona around you and and put you in Versace and, you know, because you got to fake it till you make it. You know, we got to all that. Because P is so vocal, we forget that there's two people in QC. There's P and Coach K. Yeah, people always forget about Coach K. Coach K, this will be the third time he's gone through this type of shit. You remember Coach K was originally Jeezy's manager. Mm, yeah, he was. Jeezy flipped on Coach K. He was Gucci's manager. Gucci flipped on Coach K. Mm. So I'm sure for him, he's like, this is the same old song and dance. Yeah. I've been through this twice already with major Atlanta artists. So right. this is nothing new. I'm just going to leave you alone and go find somebody else. Right. Who's going to appreciate already got. Little baby. Yeah. She already got. Yeah. And who's to say three years from now when his shit slows down, he might come out and say, wait a minute. <laughs> we, we, I did an audit on the label and found out that they blah, blah, blah. But when everybody's making money, everybody's winning. Nobody cares because the money's coming in so fast. But Definitely. Definitely. Well, this was yeah, an I awesome think. podcast, man. Like, I can't yeah. believe it's been an hour. We were supposed to be out for like 30 minutes. Like it just flowed <laughs> really good. So, no, thank you so much once again no, for joining you. me. Um, this I was great. It. 
lots of good, you know, just dialogue about the stuff that's going on. So I'm sure, you know, folks will have a lot to chime in and say. And I'm glad we really got a chance to talk about the whole record industry and the Migos and just all that stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And, you know, all we can do is watch and see how a lot of this stuff ends up playing out when it's all mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Trust me, by the time it's coming out, there'll be some more crazy shit happening. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so on that note, we are out Thank you guys once again for joining me on Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely T. My homeboy, Tiny, joined me today, and he will definitely be back again. So I will talk to you guys later. Um, A portion of this will be on YouTube, so you guys can feel free to leave comments in the YouTube comment section. And we'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.